As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Over the past 20 years or so, there's been a push around the United States for people to open up and talk about issues with mental health. Just about everyone has dealt with this at some point in their life, but it's only been a short time since people tried to take away the stigma around it. For some, it's difficult to talk about depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, and a variety of other topics, but the push has started to make its way into music. The first song I can recall talking about this is the 1999 Blink-182 hit, Adam Song. While the band is more known for being uplifting and joking, Adam's song was open, honest, and truthful about depression and loneliness. If you're unfamiliar, the opening lyrics are, I never thought I'd die alone, I laughed the loudest who'd have known. A sharp contrast from the opening lines from their song, What's My Age Again, which describes a date and getting intimate before turning on the TV. The reason I bring all this up is because we're going to talk about some mental health topics in this episode. I also want to remind you that you matter. No matter who you are or what you're going through, there are people who will talk to you right now about what you're feeling. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255, or for more resources, head over to fox4kc.com slash youmatter. This episode and the music also does have some curse words, so it may not be suitable for young children. From Fox 4, Kansas City, this is the Crazeology Podcast. My guest today is Colin Deaton, and most of you probably recognize him because he used to play and sing in the band The Mowgli's, uh, but Colin, you actually left the band in May of earlier this year. You said that there's probably a lot of reasons why, but it was kind of time to tell your own story. So what's different about you now than from when you kind of started doing The Mowgli's and throughout that time that these are the stories that you want to tell um, to your fans? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, you you grow up and like experience more complex things, and, and I felt that I... Uh, couldn't really tell those stories within the parameters of that project and I felt like I wanted to have a place where I didn't you know the fans expect a certain sound a certain like content certain you know concepts that are like it was an uplifting band and um, I sort of didn't want to do that necessarily anymore so I guess Outside of it just being, you know, the 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 meaning of the songs being different. I mean, why do you think the Mowgli's wouldn't have really adapted and been able to take some of these new songs and really make them a part of that project? I don't know if they wouldn't have. I'm sure they would have. It's just that I was telling stories that weren't their stories. That they were my stories, and they were, you know, from my life. And they have they have no idea about those things. And so, um, as much as I'm sure, you know, they would have loved to play those songs. I just felt that I needed to tell those those stories alone. You know, yeah, and I mean, you've given us a couple examples. Um, as good as it gets, and is okay not to be okay. Uh, two singles that you've already released um, out of the Little Hurt project. Um, what I guess, what specifically is different about these than something that the Mowgli's do? Um, when I started Little Hurt, my my intention was to be 
as honest as possible to the point where it made me uncomfortable and hopefully the listener even a little uncomfortable and definitely have some stuff on the horizon that, that meets those, uh, criterias. But, um, I just really, uh, I wanted it to be like, here is this guy, like a lot of artists have like a shtick or like a niche thing that they do. Like maybe they dress this way. Maybe they, what, whatever it is, they have like a thing, like a shtick. I, I don't, I don't think they have, they have that or at least I try not to. My thing is I want it that I want to be recognized for is that it's like, this is super honest. This is super real. This is more so than maybe other artists. Um, in my willingness to, to like, just say, this is how this felt in like, this is what happened like chronologically. Um, like I want people to look, look at me and be like, this is a regular guy that wears a t-shirt and jeans and is like really good at writing songs. <laughs> You seem to have kind of, at least with the two singles that you've released so far, um, you seem to be talking a lot about mental health. Um, is that something that you struggle with and that's why you're writing about it? Is it something that you're just passionate about? Um, why, why focus kind of on that aspect of, of life for people? Um, you know, everyone has their struggles, I think, with mental health in some capacity. I, mm-hmm. you know, I find it very, 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 very hard to be happy. I mean, something I have to, I have to work toward. I have to work every single day. If I'm going to wake up and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be happy today. It doesn't come naturally to me. I have to like work towards it and I have to like take, do certain things in order to achieve it. And even then it's really, really hard. Um, and I don't think that I'm a, a, alone or unique in that. I think a lot of people deal with that. And I think for some reason people are just now starting to be able to admit that to each other. Like, hey, I'm struggling. Like, hey, this like this sucks for me right now, or I'm going through this and it's hard. And like, I'm not out here like being the. I don't think I'm like an ambassador for mental health. That's not what I'm, my intention. I I just think that I need to talk about it. And I think that the more people are willing to, you know, destigmatize whatever people they love saying that whatever that means. The more people are are open about it. I think you know as time goes on people will find it easier to discuss that with people and, and find help or whatever they need to do. When is that your goal then is like when you, when people listen to these songs, these new sets of songs, you want them to feel like they're not alone themselves or do, or is this something where this is purely just your expression of your own thoughts and your own ideas and you just want them to have, have the, the music. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want the music to help people, obviously, you know, um, I'm not out here like writing songs, like I'm a self-help guy or like I'm a Tony Robbins or anything like that. <laughs> like that's just not, you know what I mean? But, um, but if along the way, the collateral damage of my music is that people feel less alone. Great. That's awesome because that's, uh, you know, I, I think that if a, a, a little, you know, 15 year old, kid who's having a tough time like listens to he's like i'm a fan of you know the mowglies and colin and little hurt and what he does and he's like well colin can talk about it colin is feeling this way so it's okay for me to feel this way and then you know i think a lot of artists are doing a great job of that like people like you know miles beyond where i am like bands like um 21 pilots or 1975 are doing great jobs of um like letting their fan base know like it's a it's okay to feel the way you're feeling and don't you know, don't try to like block that out. 
let's jump into one of those songs so you can get a better idea of what Colin's talking about. This is It's Okay Not To Be Okay by Little Hurt. And you also teamed up with um, Hope for a Day. Why kind of work with a suicide prevention group like as an artist? And uh, what what benefits did they provide or what stuff did they provide for you? And what kind of stuff did you take away from that? I mean, I think the main reason that we worked with them was that um, I wanted to have, cause, well, their, their big saying, their, um, I guess their slogan is, it's okay not to be okay, which I didn't know when I wrote the song. I had never heard of this organization. But I think that that title isn't like, a lot of people have been saying that for a long time. It's not like a hyper original title. It's just, I just wanted to write a song called that. Right. And, um, someone at my team was like, 
here's this, you know, organization's hope for the day. We should link up with them. And, um, and basically we just offered a place or information for people at the end of my music video. It says, if you're, if you need help, if you're struggling, here's where you can find resources to help you. And, um, so we kind of did a little cross promo kind of stuff where they like linked to the video and, you know, and then I linked my fan base to them. So if there are people out there struggling, they, and there's a mil- there's just a million places to get help. Right. You know, but here's one. Yeah. Did, did you see like direct benefits from teaming up with them? Like, did you, uh, did you see that there's an increase in plays or, you know, more, more people recognizing you and your music, um, because you worked with an organization like this? I didn't personally, but I also wouldn't know the answer to that. There's other people that are tracking stuff like that. I have no, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it didn't like, you know, drop and streams cause you know, but, uh, I, you know, I'm sure it didn't hurt. Yeah. So has anybody come up to you like as you've been starting to release songs and all that stuff and, and give you their story and, yeah. and, and what kind of things are people saying and how are they relating to your music? I'm getting a lot of that, um, actually on, you know, Twitter and stuff, kids being like, man, I needed this. I needed this song. And, um, and that's, uh, that's something that I've experienced a lot, you know, like with the Mowgli's kids needed those songs too. And so, um, it's always like, I mean, I've had kids walk up to me, to me after shows and say, you, you this saved my life, this song, this show, this moment, like I was going to go, you know, whatever. And I just decided to come to the show tonight. And that is like one of the most powerful things that I could ever offer to the world, you know? So, um, it's a pretty amazing feeling that people, you know, people relate that hard and have that kind of, um, relationship with the music. And I mean, as you mentioned, the Mowgli's, you know, the sound doesn't seem to be too different from what you're doing then to what you're doing now. Uh, but obviously like the context is different. Um, why did you, is that, is the, is that music just your expression of art or is it something? Yeah. You just nailed it. I mean, that's what it is. So I've gotten that question a lot of times. Like people are like, what are you, how's it going to sound different? I'm like, well, I wrote those Mowgli songs <laughs> and I wrote this, what my music sounds like. Like I wasn't going to like do the Mowgli's for 10 years and, and, you know, create this fan base and then like alienate them by like coming out with like a SoundCloud rap record. Like that wasn't going to ever happen. Right. Like I was going to like, I want them to, be able to follow this journey because they they fell in love with the music that I was writing, and I think what you just said nailed it. It's, that's the way that I express is it. It's stuff that sounds like that. It's like kind of sad, really catchy, kind of alternative pop music. You know. So you're gonna have the full solo album coming out shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still unnamed. What can you tell people about? Uh, the entirety of what this album means to you and and what you hope they take away from it? Um, Well, it's really, really, really like a honest glimpse into who I am as an artist, as a person. And I think that uh, it's fun and it's like, there's moments that are like quirky and like kind of stupid and silly. And there's moments that are like really deeply sad. And there's moments that are like, you know, triumphant and, it's just kind of, um, it's just kind of like I rung myself out into this, this, you know, I think it's, we landed on six, five, six songs. And, uh, that's like my approach to everything moving forward is I'm just going to ring myself out into as many songs as I got to put on that record. 
So is there is there more that you decided to keep off the record, and why did you decide that they weren't they weren't necessarily uh, going to fit with this one? Well, the honest answer to that question is that I got to make a bunch of records <laughs> for <laughs> to uh, complete my deal. Okay. So I don't want to give them all out at once. So we're going to do um, an EP, and I think I got like a few full lengths to do. But um, you know, I I do think it's an EP or even a singles world now. Like I. I, I wouldn't I'm not sure that I would make a full length unless unless they made me. Um I just think that like people's uh attention spans are small, me included. And I want like singles and I want them fast and I want them to like hit hard and I want them to keep coming. You know, and even E P like, you know, five songs, one or two kind of radio y hitty singles on there and that's just like I think a cool way to digest music that um to ingest music now that is kind of, you know, new and just maybe the past eight, 10 years. Yeah, definitely. Some. Cause it's, it's interesting too, because you know, like uh, back in the day, the Beatles did it a lot. A lot of bands did it. Uh, seventies, eighties, um, didn't happen as much in the nineties when two thousands, but people were doing concept albums. Mm-hmm. Is that just something that you've never thought about doing of just having an, a full length album that's supposed to be just one rolls right in the next or is it something where you as an artist just don't write that way you can't or you don't wrap your head around music that way like a like a neutral milk hotel like in an airplane over the sea record or something also yeah i mean like, like there's um, uh, you know i i don't really write that way um even the full links i've done in the past I, they kind of have a flow to them not really um i don't really i mean I don't really have like some crazy like I don't know like desire to do a concept record where it's like I don't know maybe I just need a concept yeah if you have any hit me with them but I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't um, I don't you know it's just not the way I write I'm a kind of like a, a song by song but you know it's interesting like maybe one day I will do something like that that would be cool like the, the deer hunter did you know that band the deer hunter he I've has these heard of insane them. concept records that are like from meeting the girl and falling in love through the throughout each you know song it's like by the end it's like how that fell apart and each song's about like every step of the way mm-hmm. and that's like that's cool and that seems like a challenge that seems like a big challenge so maybe one day I'll try something like that so what is kind of your writing style if it's if it's different from those kinds of concept things um, I have a, like a, a team back in LA that I work with very closely like a kind of four to five people that we do everything we write for my projects write for their projects and it's just kind of like this little crew of um sort of like best friends and we um we just kind of sit down and we're like hey what's on your mind like i have a list on my phone it's constantly growing of like you know i think of um that's a cool title or this just happened and then we'll sit down and be like hey what do you think about this and then we just sort of um me and my little crew just write um write the songs together and it's i used to write a lot alone in I do that less and less. Actually, I think everyone writes less and less alone. And they, I mean, it's in a, especially in LA or Nashville or it's all you working, collaborating with other people because like, it's cool to like sit there and write songs in a vacuum forever and tell yourself that they're great, but it's really cool to be sit across from someone and you know, next to someone and be like, Oh, that is good. Oh, that's a great hook. Or that, you know, that is a cool concept. Um, or that sucks, which is uh, uh, like, uh, oftentimes more important to hear like, Hey, that sucks because you know, sometimes you get too close to something because it's your idea. You're like, Oh, this is my idea. So it must be great. Cause I'm so like special. Right. But you need someone to be like, yo, that's bad. <laughs> and uh, that's important. So with your group, is it something where 
you're going in and you're writing lyrics and then someone else is writing some melody lines like do you go in and you have like a half worked out concept then you kind of hand it over and they've they finish some lines they finish some of the music like what is that overall that process? happens too yeah um more often than not it's just we come in with with nothing scratch i would say 98 percent of the songs that i write start from scratch and then we just sit down someone's playing the guitar like, oh that's cool and then sing a little melody it usually goes guitar or, or piano and then melody and then lyrics and that's the way it generally goes do you feel like your lyrics are just like kind of the icing on the cake and the song is pretty much done before you're even getting there or is it something where you know you have because obviously with this and putting so much of yourself in it do you think that it's just you're ready to go you just need that other part before you can yeah. start recording well you know that used to be the case and now there's so much music and so much of it sounds really great and like i write a lot of pop outside of my band mm -hmm. outside of little hurt i write a lot for other artists right and lyrics where they used to be definitely backseat like i would say in the 90s like with the um like the big swedish powerhouse producers that would you know like like Max Martin and stuff like that. Their like, lyrics were like kind of what you just described, sort of just like the um, the icing. But now as it's gone on and there's so much music and there's so much of it sounds great because you got kids on the bus and on the subway that are making hits for Kanye on their laptop, right? So now everyone can do this. So the lyric has to be a thing that stands out now. And people take that to the extreme. There's a lot of like very quirky stuff in pop that's like it's supposed to like ly lyrics now are supposed to be a little jarring kind of pull you out like whoa they're saying that it's kind of like interesting um lyrics have become i would say as important as a track if not more because anyone can make a great sounding track you know anyone of any age you see like 13 year old kids doing it all the time so is that a little like i don't know how do you feel about that because uh, obviously you're not a 13 year old kid no. but when you were that age that wasn't being done not really no so how does that make you feel now as an artist that there's all these people who are way younger and doing the same types of creative things that you're doing you know at in your 30s pushes it pushes uh pushes the hell out of me um i i'm not one of those like old head kind of guys it's like oh man these like you know by the way like i'm 30 i'm not like 78 so it's like, let's make that very clear here. <laughs> like, I'm not like a geriatric old, like, front man guy. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not 13. I'm not 15. I'm not one of these young kids. So it's like, I, um, it pushes me because I got I to gotta keep up and I got to be as good or better. And um, I think it's awesome. I think that the fact that anyone can make music, I, I'm sure a lot of people from, like, like more, like, music purist background kind of dudes are, like, that like listen to vinyl on their headphones in their parents' basement <laughs> would like totally disagree with what I'm saying right now. But I love that anyone can just go out there and just make a hit because it's changed the whole climate of, of music and how, and how we create it. And, um, it's got to keep me, you know, like I, I study the charts. Like I, my, my metaphor that I always use for this is like this. Like if you want to be a successful songwriter, um, you have to, like, it's like if you're a doctor, you can't say, oh, I choose not to care about the advances in modern medicine because then someone's going to come up with a knee injury and you're not going to know how to, you know, with the new thing. Right. Like, it's my job to know what's happening in music, to know what's good and what's bad, what's working, what's not. And um, 
So these young kids that are like pushing the envelope every single day are forcing everyone else in this industry to, to stay current in this, you know, check what's happening on, in these weird SoundCloud circles of like, you know, 15 year old kids that are getting a hundred million streams off a song without a label. This didn't exist literally two years ago, three years ago. I mean, it's just is like brand new. And, um, so it just keeps us working hard. Have you been approached yet by, you know, another a young artist or anybody in your label that's like, hey, this kid is hot on the internet. We want you to work with them a little I bit. I do it all the time. Really? Like what uh what would be what would be an artist that you like give a shout out? To? I uh I can't really I can't really say any names. Okay. But, all right. Uh, all right. I, there are there are uh, artists that the labels are grooming that are coming up now that me and my people work with for sure. Do you work with them in the sense that they write for your project or are you working for their project? Generally with those kinds of artists, I'm working for their project because I have my thing with my crew dialed and they're honestly, it's usually like younger artists and their, their teams are trying to get them some songs. And so they'll throw them our way and be like, Hey, can you help this kid get a song? And so we do that. Um, do that a lot. What would be one of your favorite lines of something that you and your crew have kind of like written in one of your songs? And why do you think that it, that line stands out to you? I have this line, this new song coming out called Alaska. And it's like so absurd. It's like the stupidest song. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> but like the, uh, the lyric and the, and the hook is, I think I'll dye my hair and I'll move to Alaska. Last couple of months kind of been a disaster. Tell all my fr- tell all of my friends I'm asleep if they ask you. Sorry, I had to move to Alaska. And it's just like so dumb, and it's like so perfectly sums up like this like neurotic like I just got to get out of here um, feeling. Uh, that being said, there's a lot of lines that I really like a lot. That one just like came to mind, you know. I saw in one interview that you did that you mentioned that you always kind of wanted to come back to Kansas. Um, what's been holding you back and, and, and what do you love so much about Kansas that makes you still want to come back here after being away for so long? Um, well, I'd love to come back here. I don't think it's, uh, it's going to happen or not because <laughs> of like what I do, you know, but, um, maybe one day, um, it's just for me, a lot of my happiest memories are tied up in Kansas and um, trace back to here. Like just, I had a really nice childhood here and I really loved, um, had a great family and we, uh, and I don't know, I think that like some of the happiest years of my life, like when you, when you like look back on like your life and um, I sound like fucking old man river right now. <laughs> <laughs> but when you like, when you like look back at your life and like, think of these moments that are like warm and full of warmth. And, uh, and though, you know, a lot of those good ones are here and a lot of, you know, there's bad ones too, of course. But like, I just, um, I just think it's really important to like, remember where you came from and to, to create a relationship with it that lasts. Like I just, I don't know if you know this, but like I rep Kansas city incredibly hard. I mean, whenever I'm on TV, like the first time I played Jay Leno, I was wearing a Jayhawk shirt. Um, I, I talk about, I mean, you, you can't have a conversation with me without Kansas city coming up because I'm proud to be from here. And I think that a lot of people from here feel that way. Cause this city's awesome, you know? And, um, that's just like, I just really love, um, getting to be here. 
when you were here as a kid, were you also playing music or is this something where all of a sudden you, you, you make it big on the West coast and everyone back here is like, he played what he did what? Yeah. Well, no, I was in some really bad bands back here. <laughs> I was in, like, I was in really bad punk bands back in Kansas city when I was a kid. Um, like just like embarrassing, but, um, <laughs> but you know, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, uh, some people are in bad punk bands and then stay in bad punk bands. I was fortunate enough to like get out and learn how to really write songs. Um, but I've always, this has always been, people ask me like, what was the moment when you decided you wanted to do this? There was never anything else. It wasn't like ever like, Oh, I like want to be an astronaut or, you know, like when I was a kid, it was like, I was like the kid in front of the mirror with the hairbrush, like singing, like pretending I was like, the lead singer of three eleven or whatever band I loved at the time. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. and like, incubus and then like later on like you know i got super into like punk like i was like a big propaganda fan and um like black flag and i just i did the and then metal i did the whole thing that you know that every a lot of kids go through and now i like listen to horrible pop music but um but no i mean i uh i've always done music this has just been this is just my thing so with punk kind of being one of your original inspirations how is that translated over into your um your current music now i'm sure i mean there's not a whole lot of it i'm sure that like like i'm probably like the least punk guy in this in fox Ford right now like <laughs> you know um but uh i mean something maybe in the tempos i think that like a lot of my tempos are you know something you might find off a punk record um i think more of it is just like just the fact that I grew up with this music. Am I allowed to cuss on this show and this podcast or not really? Sure. Great. Well, like I grew up with a lot of artists that just didn't give a fuck. And I took that and I still now, like I'm not out here like, you know, um, like, you know, protesting. I don't make protest music really. But, um, but that attitude is like, I want to write songs about whatever I want and I don't really care. I really don't. Truly. Like I, like if it makes you feel weird, like, don't really care. Listen to something else. Listen to Casey Musgraves. Like if you want to feel like normal, like I just don't do that. And so I, um, that must've, that must've come from the bands I was listening to. It had to have, cause where else would that have come from? You know, that, that like, I'm going to do whatever I want, you know, not like anarchy in the UK over here, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I did see somewhere too in 2016 when you were with the Mowgli's, you guys got a little political there. Maybe. I, I'm, I'm do you sure. think that it's that way or do you think it was just people's interpretation? Um, well, I think that we've made our politics are pretty clear. My politics are pretty, cl- my pretty clear, like what I stand for as a person and I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we set, we say our piece on stage and I don't remember us having any like clear, um, political agenda in our music, but we definitely, it's open for interpretation. And I think people knowing who we are, it's pretty clear where we land on the social, social political spectrum, you know, like, I'm sure you know who I wouldn't vote for next election. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it for this episode of crazeology. Today's episode was produced by myself, Kendall Swank with production assistance and editing done by Jacob Orlowski. We have a lot of great artists. We'll be featuring to kick off 2020. And if you know a band or artist you'd like to see featured on the show, send us a message on our Facebook page. Just search Crazeology. Until next time, this is As Good As It Gets by Little Hurt. I'm not who I used to be. 
I wouldn't know that guy if he was standing in front of me. I got this Tennessee. Just leave it up to me, they'd be sad in paradise. I got a good heart, but fuck it up for the art. Had a good life, I could never really see that. Got so bad, looking for love in the trash. If I had it, I wouldn't know how to keep it. Well, maybe I'm a mess, and maybe I'm depressed, and maybe I'll just find out who I am, and I will like who it is, and I'm a wreck. Maybe I'll find where it all fell apart, but I haven't yet Cash in another check, yeah, I'm spending all my money just trying to forget I got a good heart, sometimes I'm a little dark Had a good life, I could never really see that Got so bad, looking for love in the trash If I had it, I wouldn't know how to keep it Well, maybe I'm a mess, and maybe I'm depressed And maybe I'll just find out who I am Sometimes it's the best that I can do to just get out of my bed I'm still a wreck, the last time I checked And maybe I just gotta realize that this is a fuck Well maybe I'm a mess, and maybe I'm depressed 